call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again I was gonna call you back I swear just as soon as I Hello, I'm Steve Turton. This is my conversations with the Pope, number 19. The latest call accidentally turned into a, a bit of a Sopranos-themed episode. Um, impressions, references, clips. We're talking meditating with Michael Imperioli, who plays Chris Multisanti on the show. So yeah, it's a bit Jersey-heavy, this episode, organically. We've gone from the streets to the Sopranos. Loads of bets and sports talk, as always. A tip of the week finally landed with Pavekin's knockout win last week. So we're looking at the greatest uppercutters of all time. We've done quite a deep NBA section before the, the protests and the boycott in the bubble was kicking off. So we're looking more at the action on the court, but we'll be talking more about the uh, the protest and the Black Lives Matter next week. On a lighter note, there's some very funny material involving Robbie Williams and Colin Montgomery. Get onto that a little bit later in the show. Um, we're uh, we're reading some of your reviews out and messages. Feedback's been great over the last few weeks. People really enjoying the show. So yeah, we want to uh, we want to thank you for that. And uh, as I say, keep spreading the word. Tell your mates. So dance like and enjoy the show. You'd worry less about what they thought if you knew how little they did. You call and call my phone thinking I'm doing nothing better. I'm just waiting for it to stop so I can use it again. Did you hear me requesting to be locked in here? I know, what was that? Some sort of sex dungeon? <laughs> like Fritzel. <laughs> back in the village, back lockdown. That's it, mate. Yeah, how are things going? Like, are you still, um, you still out of sorts, or are you still in full meltdown mode? Or are you, <laughs> you're back? No, lad, it's been a nice, uh, it's been a nice chilled week, lad. Back to normal, back to routines, meditating, all that shit. Still hobbling about, can't exercise properly. Down to ten stone, lad. I think. Now with this really, yeah. And not being able to exercise, yeah, yeah, not great. Like, fell out. Look of... like Daddy Matthews, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same facial features. Same egg in the nest. Yeah, massively solid. Yeah, yeah. A lot of similarities between you and Dirty Teddy. Are we actually gonna fucking start this show or what, lad? This has been ridiculous. How many goals have we had here? Four. Take five, I think. This will uh, really test your editing skills, won't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Did Are you we watch, on? Did you watch that? Yeah, we're on. Did you watch that then? West- what the Western United debacle? <laughs> yeah, of all the places to start on football, Champions League winner, fucking Messi's getting off, and we're going to start in the Australian A League with Western United. <laughs> Hello, Shazzy. What happened to Western United then? All right, Bruce. Hello, Shazzy. Pam, mommy, the bit. Did you, hear yeah. Ma- did you hear Mark Bosnich on the sideline? I think they know what to do in there, don't they? Let's go to Bozzer on the line. Bozzy? Bo- He's all right, actually. He sort of, uh, he done a good job. He was quite competent as a, a co-commentator. I think he might 
himself up there for a, for a job in EPL for next season onwards who knows but no he's quite good he doesn't want to come back to London and his demons though does he did you hear some of the references you not want... you any yeah London <laughs> something the place does something to him he were definitely referring to his BQ stare did you not hear no. you've been at every game since the restart buzzer what's in your juice mate <laughs> He knew what they were doing there, like some of his accolades. Is that what they go with, dude? He's a bozzer, is it? I, I would have thought bozzy. He would have went with, but he's a bozzy, yeah. Bozzer. Bozzer. All right, bozzer. Let's get a word from bozzer on the line. Do you reckon he's still a major goose like like he was back in his Aston Villa days? Well, I was thinking that. They, they were putting his accolades up. Um, nothing to write home about, really. Two-time League Cup winner. 17 caps for the Socceroos. Did they been better putting his beards up? Was it Danny Bear and who else did he have? A couple of ladettes. Yeah. Yeah, he was a real playboy like back in the day, weren't he? I think he made the fanny head cool as well, didn't he? Al Bozzer. And then obviously got involved with the party part of like a few... Uh, he was tended to be on the page of the, uh, the papers more so than the back, didn't he? He which, did. Uh, which tells its own story. But no, he was good. He was, uh, as I say, I thought he was, was pretty good. Probably the highlight of the game from, but, uh, from this morning. But we were unlucky, weren't we? I, I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners followed us in last week on Western United. Cousin Nick O'Tip. It was a great shout, lad, 14 to 1. They've got to the semi finals. Well, you're unlucky there as well, do you not think? Fourteen man say look like fucking Zidane. No, no. You're not at West Ham, did you? Or is that just how bad the A League is? What does that tell you? I thought it wasn't bad quality, you know. Look at it, that's the first Australian sport I've watched early in the morning since fucking Big Andy was betting on the rugby and I used to take his. uh, his rugby bets and try and trade them off. I thought it was better than the American fo- the American stuff, the uh, MLS. It was all right, to be fair, and, and, and in all seriousness, Western United were unlucky, should have took the chances, didn't, and then on another day they would have been through, and through quite comfortably as well, but ultimately they got beat. Another losing bet for the podcast, so uh, yeah, we move on. Well, if we're moving on, let's move on to uh, a winning bet for the podcast, the actual tip of the week the last week. The fight was going, you will ever see. That is heavyweight boxing that can turn a fight, a career on its head. And I cannot believe what I've just witnessed, Matt. Three... That one of mine, was it? <laughs> it's been a while since one of yours. Pope, I think a couple of yours are still running, aren't they? <laughs> to quote one of your previous shouts. Now old Pavekin, the old Rusky, got the job done. Three to what was it? Seven to two for the win. Thirteen to two for the knockout. What a result for the Touch boys! Lucky there, lad, didn't you? Uh, I'm not buying that. You know that was always really that was always potentially going to happen. That yeah. Don't get me wrong. White was boxing well, of course. Force he had it probably as technically sound as I've seen him. Really, he was together. He was compact. I don't think it was the the whitewash that the sky. We're saying I think that it's it was. also two, two knockdowns within within whatever the first four or five rounds. Like so, I think that in itself yeah, tells you, a tough story. And you can't have been feeling too confident down twice in in the first few rounds or, or where yeah. They, they were both in the fourth round, and to be honest with you, they looked pretty flashed to me. I know obviously it was it's a ten seven round. You can never take the knockout knockdowns out of a round, but you look at that round. Honestly, I don't know what was up with Dillian White. I don't know if he was scared of his power and didn't want to commit and try and get him out there after he's knocked him down. But Pavekin done more work for, for the rest of the round, around the, around the two knockdowns. And as I say, came back out the round after. And uh, what a fucking awful Nothing away. Oh, from a very good one. Oh, a shot from Alexander Pavekin. And he's knocked Dillian White. 
space. He finds one huge shot that lays out white. The Al Juice Monkey, yeah, it was incredible. Really, wasn't it? It seemed to have come from nowhere as well. Textbook. And that's what made it even really sort of better. And technically, it was flawless. He almost lifted his head off his shoulders, didn't he? Mm. It was, uh, yeah, it was quite incredible. Like you're saying, it's the, probably the greatest uppercut of all time, or certainly in the conversation. It's got Steve Boulder. It's got to be one of the best I've been on, and in in betting terms, like it was fucking beautiful when you'd uh, when you'd back Pavekin. But I don't know. There's been some. I, I don't know. There's been some great uppercuts over the years. I, I think Tyson hit Bruno with one, didn't he? Up against the ropes, I seem to remember. Naz Naz was a great great uppercut lad, didn't he? Yeah, there's a few. There's a few. I remember one. My dad went to watch. Uh, used to follow Lennox Lewis. Went to. Uh, one of at least one of his fights in Vegas went to Madison Square Garden when he fought the what who was then like the up and coming American Hope heavyweight open Michael Grant. Oh yeah, he at the time, yeah, Lewis just uh, finished it basically with an uppercut. And I've watched it back; it was like a Mortal Kombat uppercut. And again, literally almost took his head off his shoulders, lifted him up off his feet. It was mm. uh, it was that powerful. And I remember in the. Uh, Press conference the day before as well, and he was giving it all up, wasn't he? Grant's all flashy. Giving it a yeah, yeah. No chance they got bigger muscles than you and all that. Mm. Stopped him in his tracks. Said the only place you're going to need bigger muscles is in your chin. I don't think he hardly knows where he is at the moment. Michael Grant, he's just getting through on conditioning and instincts, and there's a right uppercut, and that might be the end of it. It lays him out. Four is the count. Five, six. He's not going to make it. Seven, eight, he's not going to make it. It is all over. Knocked out round two. The world heavyweight title stays in Britain with Lennox Lewis. And that's really targeted. Bang. Job done. So uh, that, that's one that, that certainly stands out for me. Like Certainly finished the Mortal Kombat style, didn't he? Uh, Roy Jones had a good uppercut. But what about Joshua's against Klitschko? How Klitschko carried on after that uppercut a couple of years ago. Remember that one? Nearly took his fucking head clean off. I, I, you know why? Yeah, that. But technically, that wasn't anywhere. That wasn't as good as, as no, Black and, and no. Joshua's. Joshua's was a bit With desperation. Sort of, wasn't it really? Yeah, desperate. Yeah, right. It was a great connection, and you certainly wouldn't got one. Wouldn't want to get caught with it. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it's not in the same parish as uh, Bevekins from it from a technical standpoint. Anyway, speaking of desperate, how desperate was Sky after the uh, after the fight? It was like a week for Dillian White. I thought uh, I thought Macklin was going <laughs> to climb in the ring and start throwing rose petals about. Did they with that upset? <laughs> Dillian White love fest, yeah. It turned out a great show. I know we were moaning about it being pay per view last week, but it's turned out a great a great show. An unbelievable finish, and rather than celebrate the events, celebrate the knockout. It was just all about like being devastated that like, Eddie had lost. <laughs> A bit of a payday, Dylan White going down. And did this talk of a rematch, it was billed as the winner of this fight's Fury Wilder. You wouldn't fancy either of them against Fury or Wilder, though, would you, really? But do you think, do you think Pavekin, do you think they'd have been screaming for a Pavekin rematch if uh, Dillian White would have chinned them like he did? Obviously not, no, no. He'd just be, he'd be onto, the, onto Fury Wilder then, wouldn't it? Of course Obviously. he would. Uh, Eddie Aim would have been onto Al Heyman Sunday morning, probably, over his eggs Benedict. <laughs> it's it's mad. It's it's a mad setup. Fucking the as I say, yeah, Sky and, and obviously I, the, the fact they're putting it on box office anyway was it's an absolute shambles. Luckily, luckily for me, I've got a <coughs> chip box, so um, yeah, I didn't have to uh, fork out whatever the charge nowadays for uh, 
pay-per-view nor would i offer 20 again. quid lad 20 quid not even a cheap one 20 quid this week it was you know the full the full usual heavyweight championship bill or you know pacquiao mayweather sort of price what did you make of eddie's skills on the karaoke i only caught a little bit of it i mean it was again we're talking desperation it was a a desperate friday night move wasn't it to get more uh, more punters in i think more purchases does that get you onto my line of thinking with the shampoo, motherfucker? Possibly. About it just being a PR stunt? Possibly. Because all of he's doing karaoke, he's just trying to draw as much attention as possible to his uh, to his cards. So do, do, do you understand where I'm coming from now? I, I do, I do. And to be honest with you, it wouldn't. When you factor in that he's lost a potential Dillian White Wilder or Dillian White Fury fight, he's definitely lost money on that card, hasn't he? You'd have to think in the long run. I can't imagine it's sold too well. As you say, He's I... He's lucky, Bill, of not Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Bit over-elaborate, wasn't it, that, uh, that light show? <laughs> what would you say about his karaoke skills? Are they comparable with mine? Yeah, intermediate, I'd say. The neighbours must be fucking fuming. Light shows, fireworks, karaoke the night before. It's like a weekend at me, man. It's like Wivenbury. Ain't no sunshine when I love it. Bill Withers, ladies and gentlemen, fast car, Eddie Hearn. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And she's house just ain't no home. Anytime she goes away. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. White Perfect Kim Taylor pursuing with the 1999. Oh, the pay-per-view is back, baby girl, just press that red button on your remote, baby. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. <laughs> it's not wrong with them, Bree, mate. It's not wrong with them, Bree. <laughs> no, no. Like you were saying there, yeah, that I would usually, especially if I've had a bet on a card, I'd usually, I'd usually buy it. I don't think it's worth the money, even if I don't think it's pay-per-view uh, worthy. I'll usually just go, look, I've had a bet, I need to watch it, I want to keep an eye on it. I done the same, lad. I went the knock-off Nigel route myself, went up to Bundy's, a couple of Moretti's with, with our mate, Graham Wainwright, Ted, Ted Bundy. Very good, yeah. No drama at all. Makes a change, no drama at Bundy's. No, yeah, and for me to have a few cans and, uh, and get away quick, but... The only drama was me trying to get a vegan pizza into his oven. Like he was absolutely disgusted that I brought <laughs> I brought a pizza up with no cheese on it. He couldn't get his head around it. It was like he didn't allow it. No, it was like Isaac Newton learning about gravity for the first time. He just just couldn't believe what he was what he was seeing. <laughs> really. Do you know what as well? And do you know where it probably stems from? Did he tell you about his pizza hut experience when he got a vegan pizza delivered? <laughs> no. Did he did he consciously get a vegan pizza delivered or was it was it an accident? No, no, it was a false, obviously. So basically yeah. I don't know what they'd done, but I think the cheese they'd used was, was vegan cheese. And me and Lou were there and we were just sort of leaving as he started tucking into it. And you should have heard the fucking disgust from the man. And the anger. So disgust quickly went from anger. Anger quickly went from rage. Rage quickly went from almost smashing his house up. Because <laughs> yeah. he'd been inc- incorrectly given a vegan pizza. Oh, what, what the fuck's this? Oh, fucking. And just threw, threw the pizza box down in absolute disgust. I'm right on the phone to them. But then that rage soon, soon sort of disappeared into its politeness on the phone. Which was... Uh, oh, really? Tendency of doing 
which is a bit mad, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's all. Uh, it's all. Oh, I am eight. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you've got me uh, pizzas mixed up. Wow, so I'm quite surprised at that. Yeah, he, he's ve- very polite when he actually he comes to the complaints. It's interesting. It, it might have been for Louise's benefit, and the kids were there as well, so Possibly. it might have been a efforts on his behalf, maybe. Down inside, below this. Uh, yeah, this vicious exterior is a, is a nice guy, so, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, yeah, it was just for their benefits, I suppose. He might have been smashing his phone up like Jimmy Conway if you were in the But you know what? He was absolutely on fire. He was a fantastic host on Saturday. He, uh, if basically doing comedy routines, uh, genuinely, like I've said to him, he should, he should go into stand-up and, and do a bit of stand-up, haven't I, before? Get a few pints down and go and do, a, do an open mic in town, because... He done this routine. We've had one of his routines, haven't we, in, uh, in in the taxi in London when we went to see Chris Rock. Yeah, Princess Diana was was involved. He he's not for the for the censored crew, is he? He's not for the. He's can- not for the faint-hearted. No, he, those easily offended. Mm. Didn't bother turning up, I suppose. Yeah, but I think he's got an audience with the anti-cancel culture, like. He done this routine, but it was about his old plenty of fish days and his old Tinder dates. And honestly, I was relaying it to our taxi driver. Later on, he was taking us home. The fella was just chuckling. I was telling him some of his gags about, like, this St. Helens plumber he got talking to on, on Tinder. What was it, Plenty of Fish, or fucking... No, this was Tinder. Oh, so, Tinder. Yeah, yeah. I live in South East now. I've got a couple of kids. I'm a plumber. I'm banned from driving. The last time I went out, I broke my hand. Fighting. I was was this in a bio? I'm a fat cunt. A bit of a fat cunt. You're either a fat cunt or you're not. You can't be a bit of a fat cunt. No, no, no. I didn't no even test down. the waters, I just went. I didn't even message. What did you say? Were you texting him? Yeah, she was going to have a break in her hand. What's your beard being said? Female. What was his name? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I like to take the, the, the guy to come. <laughs> you hear that, T? Is <laughs> what I said, T. <laughs> no, he, uh, he was chuckling. Honestly, he was in raptures at his... At his Taxi wheel. I thought he was gonna gonna crash the car at one point. If, uh, if he does, he... he's very much. He makes Frankie Boy look like Mr. Bean, don't he, Ted? Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Like vicious at times, but very funny, very very funny. Yeah, as I say, we've uh, we've all witnessed. But he was he was in stitches, and, and and the taxi the taxi driver actually he was a comedy fan, and weirdly, our matrix is this. He'd had that Paul Smith, you know, the uh, the Scouse comparing comedian. He'd had him on. He'd, oh, had, right, okay, he'd yeah. had him in his cab about two hours before talking about Richard Pryor, like, which is oh, really yeah, quite weird. Yeah, yeah. See, what did he say? Richard Pryor's got nothing on Bundy. Possibly, yeah. Well, that, that's we'll let the uh, we'll let the audience decide that. What we want to is get. the comedy world ready for Bundy? Do you think? <laughs> I think this anti-cancel culture. Crew and and audience, uh, I think I think they'll they'll be up for him. Like, yeah, he might have to he might have to care, but a little bit he might have to go a little bit more PC than he is in his kitchen at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> but that's when you get the best stuff out of him. Two o'clock in the morning in his kitchen. Mm, mm, but we'll uh, bail and the other stuff. So yeah, it's I don't know. I don't think he can. I don't think he can rein it in, Kirby. I, I think you you just got to let him go. No, off his. No, we'll see. But honestly, the, the the taxi driver loved him. Like the taxi driver loved him. He was laughing like uh, my old mate Simon 
the Uber driver. Oh, well, fire, yeah. So, talking to taxi drivers, uh, what's this about um, Uncle Douglas, who, for the listeners, might not know, obviously, he's had a, a few sound, fat sound bites on the show. Very funny sound bites, I may add. But he's a taxi driver, and I don't think we went into details about how you got back from London up to Liverpool. Most normal people, obviously, would have took a train, but I believe uh, Uncle Douglas... Picked he, it up, didn't he? He took did, yeah. Home. Yeah, he took me down and picked me up, obviously, with uh, on crutches and luggage that probably rivaled James Brown returning from a world tour. The train wasn't... <laughs> the, so that's why he didn't get a train then? Yeah, the train wasn't really an option. Must have had like eight Would have been like Harry Potter on his way to Hogwarts, yeah? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it was It was everything you'd, you'd think it would be. Like five hours of hilarity. We got lost near Derby at one point, laughing at, <laughs> laughing at his Douglas impression. is uh, It's such a good impression. How do you get lost as soon as you're on the M6? That's it, it's easy. M1, M6, job no, lost in Derby. We come out the service station and we were just laughing at something, laughing at something <laughs> that had got on the service station and he was giving his, his Camp Douglas take on it. Like It's gone to a new level, this Douglas impression with him doing the, the Liberace version, hasn't it? Oh, yes, Steve, it's... Uh... That's, that's okay. I will uh, hold on the, uh, on the royalties. Oh, yeah. That's all cool. I remember uh, my meeting with the, uh, the Pope. And I, uh, I managed to kiss his ring. Oh, yeah. Great days. So what's with the Camp Douglas? Like, where's this come from? Have you not seen Behind the Candelabra? Where Michael Douglas plays Liberace and, uh... Matt Damon's is his baby boy. Hi, my baby boy. Matt I've Damon's is on, on, on um, Uncle Douglas's uh, sound clips, like, but I thought that was all his own stuff. No, no, check yeah, the film out, Pope. It, stuff that was out there, like, yeah, it was on ITV, I think, like two weeks ago. So it'll probably still be on ITV Hub. Just go and watch it. It's an incredible film. Douglas just camped up to to death. It's camper than Christmas. She's fucking wonderful. <laughs> just necking Matt Damon and that. Yeah, incredible. Oh, role. really? Yeah, yeah. Just, he's a bit light in the loafers. <laughs> he's probably swam in, in, in many wars, as I'd imagine. Douglas over his... I think all these Hollywood A-listers have, really. I think I think it goes with the territory, doesn't it? I remember our mate, Steve Mitchell, um, listening to the pod of one of his barmates who he works with, uh, was doing a bit of time out in California. And he was at a house party camp. It might have been someone mad like Kevin Spacey's house party. And anyway, he's delivering drinks and that waiting on. He just walks into uh, walks into like this office, this study room, and Robbie Williams is just fucking a fella over the desk, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Just balls deep, just gives him a little he nod. Said, just gives him a little yeah. nod, little wink. I think he put a couple of Harvey wall bangers down, cocktails down, and uh, yeah, left Robbie to his to his banging, yeah. Rock DJ. Robbie William of Take That Fame. Yeah, the fat dancer from Take That. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if we've we, I think we've probably got a few legal legal issues pending, so we might as well <laughs> might as well pile enough one on from uh, the Robbie Williams estate, might we? <laughs> By all accounts, it could, as I say, it could be a, a fabricated bar, a barman story, but yeah, yeah, he was spread eagled or, or his mate was, and uh, yeah, balls deep. 
Not a complete surprise, yeah. But there you go. Wow. It's, it's, um, mm. Yeah, as I said, that was a that was a bit of a curveball, Stephen. Didn't see that one coming. Neither did Robbie. I don't think that night. So certainly is uh, is uh, the guy who was in the silence. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> yeah, that was. I think it was a wild party with, uh, as you can imagine, all the uh, all the usual Hollywood additional substances and, and whatnot and uh, yeah yeah it's yeah that one that one wasn't in the uh, pre-production notes was it <laughs> No, no, some of the stories just come up organically, don't they? And I think they're, they're the best ways. What I did want to talk about, I don't want us to flash back to drugs in sport, really, lad, from last week. I know we touched on Operation Porto, didn't we? We were talking about Pep Guardiola and spent some time reading about it this week, lad. Fucking madness. Madness. It was, uh, I think it was the, the French paper, Le Monde, who were, uh, who were looking into it and doing an expose, and it, it got shut down heavily, lad. And there's got to be a little bit more of uh, attention on this, on Spain's use of, of PEDs and, and uh, it, it looks, it gives the vibe of, of possibly state doping. I feel like, let, well, let's, let's get another court case against us, the, the Spanish Sporting Federation. It looks very Russia, lad, to be honest with you. Even up to 2017, I was reading 50-odd players were tested over the season in the Liga. None of them were from the top four who were play, from the season before <laughs> who were playing in Europe. So no Bar- corrupt, yeah. no Barca players tested, no Real Madrid <coughs> players tested. How can the case still be open from like 2012, eight, eight years later? Why is it? is it? Is it just purely down to money? Why is it that most sports, even though of course the, the governing bodies wouldn't admit to it, why is it that most sports seem to be lenient when it comes to doping? Whereas you've got a sport like cycling, even though it is probably rife, you've got obviously Lance Armstrong being found out eventually in the end after granted after years of doping. Yeah. You've got a little bit of it in athletics, but if you to, to, to sort of convert it into the amount of people that get caught compared to the amount of athletes that do it, whatever the sports, probably not even a percent. So why is it as is, is, is suspected as being as widespread as it is, but but so few athletes get, get convicted of it? Purely down to money. Is no. it corruption? What is it? There's a bit of that. I think on that front, Spain, I think it's na- a national pride. Imagine imagine you start, you know, testing a load of players, a load of World Cup winners and European Championship winners, you know, the, the golden generation of Spain and all of a sudden they're, uh, they're getting popped for drugs. I think a lot of the time the, the dopers, the scientists, the people who are providing the drugs, they're ahead of the testers, really. It's stuff that's going to eventually be, be on the banned list. It's kind of like synthetic versions and different versions of what's already on the banned substance list. And Victor Conti says it's a big part of it is is the no-show. Victor Conti obviously involved in the, in the Balco case. He was caught and went to prison for for a lot of the baseball steroid use and Shane Mosley back in the day when he got busted. He basically says it's the uh, it's the no-show testing. It's not it's not stringent enough. It's not tight tight enough. You know, testers will go knocking at doors or knocking at gyms and they'll get tipped off and they'll go missing the athletes and, oh, sorry, I wasn't there, I'll, I'll come in next week. And you can, I think you can get up to three no tests or no shows. Apparently, Mo, Mo Farah, a number of times, this is what they've said about Mo Farah, he's had, he's had knocks at the doors and, and the testers have turned up and reported that, oh, he wasn't home. 
and he said, "Oh, I was in the back <laughs> garden. I couldn't hear you." So, so basically, though, you say you get to be in old shows. So, is there is it is that consistent regardless of the sport, or is that just for a particular sport? Because do you remember Rio Ferdinand? Mm. He made, didn't he? And didn't he get a nine month? He got a, yeah, he got a every band years ago. But we've not he seen didn't that. have three old shows, did he? We've not seen anything like that since, really, have we? I know Edgar Davids was banned for a while, wasn't he? I think he had some. Uh, was it creatine-based strange substances in in his... Full of space cakes, Dutch guy, yeah. <laughs> in his piss. So, I yeah. remember I got a picture in um, Shipnall Airport in Amsterdam with Edgar Davids. Shut up, honestly, you have to dig that out. That's a claim to fame, isn't it? Yeah, he had one eye in Eight and one eye in Brighton. Like, didn't know whether he was looking at me or not. Didn't know what was going on, really, did he? Full of Dutchies, probably. <laughs> Great, though. As I say, I've got a picture, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll fold it on to you, if, that... if we can find this one. Struggled enough getting the... Um, Ronnie Old Jackson pictures, but we have to rely on our uh, loyal listeners for that. Yeah. So uh, I'll see dig it out anyway. Maybe I might have it on iPhone, maybe. That went down well, the Ronnie O'Sullivan. But yeah, I think it needs looking into more, lad. I, I don't know if we should. Uh... We should maybe do an expose podcast, little jolly, me and you to uh, Catalonia, see what we can uncover. Well, no, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and uh, you're going to be disgusted by this, but. Um, of the mindset, regardless of whether you're doping or not, you still got to go out and do it. Mm. Um, if as if as suspected, because I know you've been a massive, massive theorist of of, of 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 doping in various different sports, Messi, Ronaldo, a lot more widespread than that. But you you've generally been in the mindset that everyone's doing it. So then, if everyone's doing it, what's the problem? You still got to go out and perform Possibly. and do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There is that argument. There is that argument. There's the argument that the guys at the top are getting better stuff. So they're be, being able to, like Barcelona, they're be, being able to pull away from the competition sort of thing. The best of gear, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I don't know. Mull's obviously sceptical. He was uh, defending it with his Pep Guardiola impression. Does a good Pep Guardiola, you know? He said, sent me a good Pep Guardiola the other day. Guys, guys, we cannot lose. Take the ball, pass the ball, take the ball, pass the ball. Guys. Well, does he, yeah? Mm, mm. And a Buscemi. A very limited Tony B from The Sopranos. Put me in, coach. So I'll have to... Uh, so are we talking just noises or, or, or any, put any me, actual bits? Put me in, coach. I think that, that's about it. That's about as far as it goes, though. Is that his go-to? Yeah, he can't really elaborate on that. Just one line. Just one Tony B line, like, yeah. Aye, it's a Tony B. No, lad, no, no, no. Tony no. B's great. No. They were glory years then for Leotardo. Rusty. Well, I'm just, I remember I told you I'm watching The Sopranos again, I think for the 20th time. What are you up to? So, a couple of episodes into season four. Episode one of season four is mad, by the way. It's like the pilot's episode again. They're all over the place. You've got Carmine telling fucking Tony that a Don doesn't wear shorts. Yeah. But it's all very strange. Like, I don't know, just uh, the way it was produced was, I don't know, very, very odd. But then I've just watched episode two. No show. Who are you, Ralph Bunch? Oh, fucking brilliant, yeah. Ralph so Bunch over here. <laughs> Ralph Bunch over here. And then that's it, just metal poles to the face. Wow, yeah, it's heavy, isn't it? It's heavy. Yeah, we've been doing loads of it. We've been doing Tombola. We had an afternoon, because me Mars has been doing Series 5. We've done, like, three on the bounce last Friday. Just, just fucking funny. You can get lost in it, can't you? You can just get lost in Jersey. Oh, it's incredible. Really, really is incredible. So uh, yeah, I'm 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 pretty much halfway through because there was 
Unofficially, there was seven seasons, wasn't there? Was six, and then six it's seven, one. really, in it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just coming up to halfway through. Yeah, but all good stuff. Like. Well, speaking of the Sopranos, where were you Monday? I threw out the invitation. So you're meditating with Michael Imperioli, or meditating with with Molto Santi. Uh, you said you were going to jump online. He was doing a a Zoom meditation session. He's a he's a lifelong Buddhist. The actor who plays Chris Molto Santi. And you know, we were left alone in our houses, not with our usual distractions, with our, alone with our minds and thoughts and fears of the future, regrets, hopes, um, difficulties, and I think it's been a bit overwhelming. So meditation can help work with the mind. That's really what we're trying to do today, work with thoughts. What happens? Must have got lost amongst all the, uh, the streets, Amsterdam trip we've been trying to organise that I thought it was in all honesty just part and parcel of that particular trip I didn't really give it much mm. much, or much thought really um, it was a real fucking Ralphie no show job that you were nowhere to be seen <laughs> so what So what, what, what happened like what was that? I really wasn't even aware of it you didn't sell it to me I think you just sent it on a text with uh, with no 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 text or, or, or context to go with it, really. It was good, you know, Pope. It was really good. He's a Buddhist, as I say. It was pretty much meditation for beginners, really. I think it's his second session on it. It's every Monday, 5 o'clock, free, 5 o'clock our time. Um, he sends a Zoom link, and it's just him, and obviously there's a little chat room and that. People can ask him questions. I think he answered, I think he answered my question, yeah, just about various different types of meditation and whatnot. He's dead relaxing. He's, you know, real relaxing tone, real cool guy. He was saying about some of the lines and saying, I know it sounds corny, but, you know, by meditating, you're, you're kind of doing your bit for the world. He, you know, if you're calmer and more people who meditate are calmer, there's, there's less aggro in the world. I thought you might have just had a look at it. like... Well, yeah, but he but he mocks it and, you know, he, he talks around the old, the old stereotypes and cliches. I, I thought you might have just took one look at it and thought... Yeah, I can't have the fella who was jacking trucks with Brendan Fallone fucking guiding me and helping me relax, <laughs> being my spiritual guru. <laughs> no, well, like, do you know what? I'm intrigued. I might give it a go this Monday. They've got nothing better to do. Just to see if he's wearing his Kenny Dalglish Liverpool shirt and nothing else. <laughs> In my thoughts, I use the technique of positive visualization. How come I always feel undermined? By what I did on the Triborough Tower situation alone, I should have been made right then... Boom. Hmm. No, I'm fucking serious, Tony. The books are closed. Did you talk to Jackie about me? They're not accepting any new members. Get involved, Popey. Honestly, get involved. Because have you been doing any? You know, a few episodes ago we talked about you, you were having a little go with the car map and whatnot. Have you been? You been dip back in or no? No, not really. You know, it was just more of a uh, more of a temporary fix than anything else. I, I haven't really felt the need to go back into it, but. In, uh, in times of struggle, uh, I'll do so, and I'll uh, no, I will just out of uh, intrigue more so than anything else. I'll uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give Mulsa Sansi a go. See uh, yeah, see, see whether it's for me or not. What does Richie uh, please say about his nose? It acts as a natural canopy. He's the only man who can take uh, take around the rain. <laughs> hey, by the way, wasn't too poncy for Richie, was it? Fucking. Doing yoga. No, that's how we got Janus, though, didn't we, it? Yeah, I think that, well, that, that he was obviously playing the long game there, like, with with, with, uh, with Tony. His love for Janus, I think. I think you'd see Richie April doing down with face and dog. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Ah, my favourite character, my favourite uh, supporting character, I think Richie Aprile. I know he had to make way for your for your man Ralph to come through, but. Uh, Course, yeah, yeah, one of my favourites, one of my absolute favourites. But Not with the old and with the new. I wanted to move on to a different sort of drugs, but just before I do, are, are we <coughs> are we a bit suspect? I forgot to mention there, fucking Bayern Munich lad. Are we a bit suspect over there? Progress, Paulie Paul, loyal listener, sent me a picture of uh, Leon Goretzka's progress from 2019 to 2020. Did you did you catch that body transformation photo? Very interesting. No, what I would like to say is you're rather cynical. Can you not just? Uh, Give them sort of the credit that they deserve, whether they reduce them or not. What did they win? 21 games in the bounce. They're the only team to win every game in the European Cup. So they deserve winners and uh, credit where it's due. Trust you to, to obviously put a negative spin on it. Mm. Just have a look at that Goretzka picture. Very interesting that he's uh, that he's got that body. I'm not asking that he's done it. They've still got to go out and do it. And they've done it ultimately and they yeah. won the Champions League. So yeah. I'm not going to put a negative spin on it. But uh, another article on drugs in sports, a clock lad, I don't want to stay Okay, what's up with you today? <laughs> Withdrawal yeah. symptoms from London? <laughs> I sound like fucking, was it, was it Mackenzie? Robin Cook? Expose AJ Enlist. <laughs> <laughs> but did you catch the horse racing article lad? I don't know if you've been... Uh, you fixed? I don't know if you've been keeping tabs on the race. Post. <laughs> no, do you know what? I've, 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 I had one bet last week at York, and it was Sir Busker in the in the handicap, and it literally comes second. I've done it each way. I think fifteen to two. I think it went off. So we've done it each way, and it almost got up on the line. Literally stride, as as tends to be the case with most of my most recent selections. A stride past the post. It was uh, yeah, with the one. But yeah, so it wasn't a losing bet anyway. It was in each way. But I've I've. Sort of took your advice really from last week and, and just sort of took a little bit of a backseat with mm. the other. It's a quiet time of year as well, so I think I'm just gonna gonna wait for the uh, for the jumps to uh, to kick in before I uh, start start taking any sort of real interest in it. But no, I haven't really followed it even just from a um, yeah a sort of journalistic point of view, or I haven't kept up on any of the stories or current events or anything like that. So, so, you, so you didn't see your mate Jim Crowley's four timer on Friday, was it? I think it was incredible day for the. Your favourite jockey. Now, moving through to challenge Kayamoro. Moskill is out in pursuit of the leading pair inside the foot. On they come. Batash is having to work hard to wear down Kayamoro. Moskill back in third. Batash pokes his nose ahead. Kayamoro fighting on grimly. Batash, though, doing best. Crowley again, a fabulous four timer. And it's back to back. Wins in the North Orc for Batash from Kayamoro. It was close for third between Moskill. I can't go a minute. Fucking well, I did hear about this. Was this not to be celebrated? So you Quite happy to celebrate Jim Crowley's four timer, but you're not going to celebrate Bayern Munich winning every game in the Champions League and being crowned the rightful champions of Europe. What is it? Looking at Crowley like he's hardly an uh, athletic Adonis, is he? Uh, you know, I'm not. He, he definitely has a mean juice, has he? No, exactly. He's lighter than me, isn't he? Fucking hell, I might be able to get a ride in the uh, in the amateurs race at Aintree here. I think they're going at this race, might I? Ten stone. Now. You want to make sure you haven't got some sort of underlying health condition if you've got rapid uh, weight loss. Oh, nobody's got AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> They're just fucking flowing today, Andy, the Soprano <laughs> But no, lad, did you not... Crowley, let's be honest, Crowley wouldn't have had that full time if Frankie was at York. Obviously, he decided he had to quarantine. Oh, did he? Because he was over, just riding Group 1 winners, whereas... Uh, yeah, Crowley just had steering jobs with the likes of Batash. So, yeah, not something that's going to be celebrated in my household anyway. 
I haven't really, but honestly, that that was just on in the kitchen when I when I walked out. I heard that he he did a four time, and I was like, oh fucking hell, Pope, he's gonna be gonna be made up with that. But an article I did see stateside on the uh, recent post Twitter was um, two American trainers, Jose <laughs> or Jorge Navarro and Jason Service. They basically got like a restraining order or been banned from seeing their horses. They were caught doping in a massive FBI sting in March. FBI? That seems a bit extreme. I think it was the FBI, yeah. It was, it was some sort of uh, government... Federal agency. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But uh, I think like 27 trainers or 27 connections to the horses were thrown in the dock. Some of the drugs... Wesley yeah. Ward on that list? No, I didn't see Wes lad. I think that would have would have made a big splash, wouldn't it, if... Where's our ward was doping, but some of the yeah, fucking... the side of the pond, yeah, it would have, yeah, it would have been, uh, yeah, big, big, big news. Some of the drugs, lad, they were pumping into them. Monkey was one of them. Red acid. Acid. <laughs> What's monkey, by the way? I've, I've completely lost touch with uh, ah, you the. You tell. I guess that's that's a, that's a sort of uh, a designer. Zana hipster drug, is it? You tell me, lad, I don't know. It sounds like a fucking night in Barsamui, I said on Twitter, doesn't it? That are fucking... <laughs> Trying to catch each other out here, aren't we? Monkey? Red ass. Little little coy. Yeah, what's monkey, mate? <laughs> I don't know, don't you tell me. Any, are you kidding? I don't know, lad. Apparently, it was, a, it was a full fucking... It was a full Jimmy McNulty case, like. It was wiretaps. And I was reading some of the, some of the quotes uh, from, the, uh, from the intercepted calls. One of the owners asked Navarro, is the horse jacked out? Is he on fucking pills or what? <laughs> to which Navarro replies, everything, he gets everything. It's <laughs> <laughs> trial and error there, though, lad, if they're putting acid into the horse. I think they're just pumping it with whatever to see which works best. I think so. Obviously, the animal's welfare, like... I think Clean. so, lad, yeah. In a, in a favour call, Navarro recommended the designer drug SGF-1000. By service, who claims I've been using it on almost everything. <laughs> Wonder if he's been consulting the Bayern Munich team. This I was going to say, is he the guinea pig? Like, is he uh, is he having a go before he's pumping them into the horses or what? It's incredible, isn't it, lad? Incredible, yeah. But it sounds like they're up shit creek. They've they've been bailed, but they can't go anywhere anywhere near their horses by all accounts. It sounds like Pyle Mike could have done with a with a few. Dabbles of uh, red acid and monkey, couldn't he? No, he's all right, pile mate. Do you know what? I've, I've always said if I have a, a resource, which, which obviously is very unlikely, I think you, you're more likely to have a resource than me, given how, how, how loaded you are, despite not working. I think you should buy a pony, lad. <laughs> well, here we go. Pony, thoroughbred, whatever. I'm, I'm calling it pile my life. Got to. Brilliant. Beautiful. Damn it, I bet to show. <laughs> Would you win five bucks? My financial advisor. This is it. This is happiness. I mean, winning is one thing, but when it's your horse, right? Yeah. I remember walking into a bookies. I, I think I put it up on an old bet. It's already out there, is it, Pile Man? No, no, no. But there was one called Paulie Walnut, and I backed it. It won four to five favourites stateside. And Paulie Walnut is home. <laughs> What else do you want to talk about, lad? I wanted to talk about the the Reds commentator. Do you see this? Cincinnati Reds commentator, baseball. He's said a homophobic slur on the mic last week. 
He basically resigned during the <laughs> during the broadcast. Lad. Wow. So go on. Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to quote? I don't know what the slayer was. I don't know what the slayer was, but he come back from break and he was very remorseful. He's basically saying, "Look, I've let myself down. I've, I've said a comment here in the in the last segment that doesn't represent who I am, what I'm about." But he's still calling the action as he's doing his apology and a line <laughs> drive out to right field. <laughs> <laughs> so it, 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 was it was it meant to have been said in jest? I think so. I think it was. Oh, I, I think like, I think the mic. Given the world we live in, I think it might have been a Kenny Powers. I think the mic might have been hot. You know, I think the mic might have been left on between. Oh between wow! Segments, but it's me a campaign from within, very Richard Keys. Mm, yeah, Ron Atkinson job by the sound of things. Yeah. But it got He's me gone. thinking. It got me thinking. Was our was our uh, our shout a couple of weeks ago uh, a little bit homophobic? Our Elton Elton John joke. You did know. You said just like he left his book plug in. That was. That was not actually the gag. The gag was, had he left his book plug in or had he got back on the beat? You lost 50% of the joke and made it 100% more homophobic, I think. I think there's other things to be worrying about rather than an Elton John gag. We're certainly not the first people to do an Elton John gag and certainly won't be the last. It wasn't homophobic in the slightest. Slightly unethical, maybe, but that's who we are ultimately. I, I wouldn't really... Lose any sleep over it, Stevie boy. He's a sexually uh, promiscuous. I'm guy. starting to think whether you still got your butt plug in. Butt plug in, to be honest with you. I'm certainly not back on the beach this week, mate. I'll say that much. For now. Uh, yeah. So keep the Alton John jokes coming anyway. Yeah. Quiet. We, we're, not, we're not doing much on the Instagram front. I offered you the login, didn't I? Didn't get a response at all. You, you ghosted me like a like a chubby Tinder date. One of Bundy's. There was yeah. There was nothing. Was there nothing back? There wasn't. I'll think about it. There wasn't even a no. There wasn't no. just any response. Uh, too time consuming, Steve. I invest enough of my time into this podcast oh, that, for little or, or no return. So I'm not gonna. Invest further time by 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 having the login to the Instagram. Plus, I think that in all fairness, with a blow smoke up your ass for a second there, another Elton John joke there. Uh, I think I think uh, I think the content you put out on the Instagram page is really good, really really good. And with me being an amateur, me being new to it, I don't think I could meet your uh, your high standards. You could be in the engine room. You could be the Macaulay of the piece. You know, you could be having conversations with our with our listeners. I know most of them anyway, so if I wanted the conversation with them, I'll just pick up the phone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just plug on. Absolutely. Kill I was going to say, are you just trying to ease your workload here, or what? Don't bear in mind, I've got a job, full time job, forty hours a week. You're not working. I'm doing so all sorts. Free time on your hands anyway. You're to be doing me. all this. Carry on. I've got a full time boxing project on the go. I'm, I'm trading bets on the regular. <laughs> I'm trading. <laughs> I think me 10 stone might be down to uh, the hours that are going into the podcast, the sleepless nights, the, uh, the lack of diet. I think, I, I think I'm clocking about 35 hours a week on the podcast, I'm not going to lie. You've got 158 in. You need test them, mate. You need a lobotomy if you put 35 hours into the podcast a week and we've got 159 followers on the Instagram page. It's, <laughs> it's all worth it, though. Have you seen some of the shouts that have been coming back? I put a load of... 
of our reviews and, and ratings and uh, and comments back on. Been fucking fantastic. Our, our listeners are boss, mate. Those who are into it are, are right into it. Yeah, in all fairness, and I've had nothing but, but positive feedback and good feedback and nice messages. Have you? So where have you? Where have you shared those nice messages? I put them on our Instagram story. Uh, seen one from. I'm not sure if this is a guy we know. I am the Hegman. <laughs> left us a left us a review <laughs> saying uh, not just for sports fans. They know their stuff. I mean, he's obviously not been checking the, the race and post results section there with uh, with that review, but he said. Uh, <laughs> Detailing in a funny and interesting way, highly recommended. It's right, Hegman. It's fantastic, that, isn't it? I know the Hegman, yeah, he's me mate. Me oh, is he? Me. Uh, I was out with him last Saturday, actually, yeah. I had to buy him a couple of bevies for him to, to post that, so, yeah. Um, it was a bit, bit of a disingenuous one, I think. And then I don't know if you caught... Let me just get a little bit of Katie Paynes's up. Now, Katie Paynes is a cracking girl. She used to have uh, sound, food and drink on Duke Street. Oh, yeah. And obviously, sadly, that went by the wayside a couple of months ago, sound food and drink, unfortunately. But uh, we've been in each other's company a couple of times and had, and had some bevies and uh, she's a fucking cracking girl. But, but some of the messages, I did put it up on the Instagram. Did you, did you see some of the messages she put up, lad? No, no, do you want to share about with me? About the podcast. Listen to this, she put, yeah, mate, couple of things. No more cancelling the podcast for hangovers. Which you'll be uh, you'll be happy to hear. You're better than that, and you can't disappoint the fans. I simply won't have it. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, hope the legs okay, and last but not least, just did my big Saturday walk on the beach, as is my tradition here. She's actually on an air. Uh, I forget where she is. Is she Bahamas or? <clears throat> she's 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 on distant shores anyway, and can't get back because nice. the airport's closed. She went to work in a bar over there. She said she does a Saturday walk on the beach. And listens, and she'd listen to the Istanbul podcast. I can honestly say it was an absolute belter. I can't tell you how much I need that little slice of scouse in my life. But more than that, it was just chocker full of highlights. I was laughing my head off like a loon walking along. I don't even know where to start, but just wanted to say thanks. It's fucking boss. Hope you're well. Love to you and the family. Or from my little island. Nice, lovely. Yeah, no, it is good. It's 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 nice that we've got we have got a loyal sort of band of listeners. Obviously, we could always do with more listeners and. Ultimately, that's the end game, certainly for me, in terms of financial gain. But <laughs> it's uh, it's good that we've got our sort of uh, the Pope's Cardinals, as, as you've referred to it many times. Definitely. So it's good, it's nice, and, and for people to take the time out, not just to listen, but obviously to write reviews. And, and interact, it's nice. People are always... That's good, mate. It's nice. People are always interacting, sending us articles, sending us clips, sending us um, topics to talk about, which is, which is boss, and as I say... We'll continue to grow as, as best as we can. What's the matter, Chrissy? Tell Uncle Paul. This being made ain't working out the way I thought it would. A lot of responsibilities. Fucking A. What did you think? You're only as fucking smart as this week's lines. One false move and you spend your fucking time chasing it instead of making money. Welcome to the NFL, rookie. Go home. Get some sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. Absolutely. I suppose as a betting podcast, we should we should probably probably talk some more bets. Wouldn't you imagine? I, I don't think we're we're completely filling that at the moment, are we? As a, a, a... yeah, I, I, there's not much from a bet from for me to talk about. I've got a tip of the week for once this week, which which you'd be glad to oh, hear. That's, that's, um, that's good to hear. But yeah, as I say, betting wise, I only had that say Busker bet last week come second, fifteen to two. Obviously, yeah, I, 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 I I'd forgot because I did mention in last week's episode that I would send you the tips separately for you to get on the page. So obviously it didn't do so. Not too much damage done. It didn't win as no. uh, as t- 
to be the case with most of my most recent tips. But uh, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be more vigilant moving forward. I was quite controlled last week. I think I had twelve bets last week. A um, little bit of a mini battle after PSG lost because of their back PSG plus a goal on the Sunday and had a little dabble on the goals. Um, I think they were unlucky. What did you make of the Champions League final? Lad, we haven't really. Uh, We've only spoke about Bayern's potential substance abuse problems. What did you make of the final? It was a weird game, wasn't it? It was mad, because both teams had the moments and fits and spurts and that, and then mm. Bayern Munich, like a 15, 20-minute spell of domination in the second half, which they ultimately capitalised on and scored. Probably, certainly from in terms of chances, first half belonged to PSG. They were quite wasteful, as, as Liverpool have tended to be on occasions this season. But ultimately, mate, if you don't don't take your chances, then you can't really have any complaints, can you? No. So I, I'd, I'd probably say, given their consistency throughout the competition this season, I'd probably say Bayern Munich were the deserved winners. To yeah, be honest. they had all the ball, Bayern. I felt, but I do feel like PSG had all the chances. Like you say, in their finishing wise, Mbappe looked like his uh, his old countryman David and Go there in front of goal, didn't he? Struggled in the box. Yeah, he did, yeah. Which was but uh, they all had chances and the, the, the chances fell to the players that they'd want them to fall to. I thought Ander Herrera looked looked decent. Amazing in, in, game, yeah. Good vision, good touch around the box, finding a pass. Obviously, Thiago, very sort of very similar to him, but who's hopefully on his way to Anfield. But, but look good, lad. He looked to be honest with you. Yeah, I'd be sweating if I was up my old mate Fabinho, like because he's he's very much Fabinho, but a little bit more athletic and a little bit more ally. All oh, right, play. no, I thought he was coming as backup for Fabinho. <laughs> no, no, I'd be slotting him right in for Fabinho. No, ultimately he's coming as Genie's replacements. That's but he, that's he, it. But he's not really he's not really Wijnaldum, no lad. He's not really got he's not got that much of an engine. He, he's a little bit more. He's not as combative as as Wijnaldum, lad. I I don't I don't see him as Wijnaldum's replacement at all. He's very much a Fabinho player. It's one or the other. No, then I think he'd be an upgrade on Wijnaldum. We'll we'll agree to disagree on that one, then. Eh? Yeah, I've seen a fair bit of him this year, lad, and, and he's not. He doesn't. He's not athletic like Wijnaldum. He doesn't. He's not box to box like Wijnaldum for me. So I don't know. But don't we'll know. see, won't we? We'll see where that goes, yeah. But yeah, as I say, I had a little a little mini dabble after that. A couple of bets on the basketball, which. They should have really been anti-post interest, but got ourselves out of a bit of trouble. I backed the uh, the LA Clippers, lad. Fucking hell. Should we, should we talk about the NBA? You got your three-point shooters. Scrub too quick to find you out because your style is out. We drinking quartz on quartz, so how you handle it? Shooting bricks or selling bricks. We still scrambling. We're off. Yeah, oh, the, uh, to start off with, I think the NBA playoffs have been mostly Oh, bad. my God. Luka Doncic is... Is old. Is old. Yeah, I can't believe we were discussing potential MVPs of the league last last uh, last episode. Obviously, we mentioned Damian Lillard. We, we fancied the Blazers' chances in there uh, against the Lakers uh, in a seven-game series. That doesn't look as good now. I was going to say that your little shelf for the Blazers hasn't aged too well there, has it, Pope? No, but hang on a minute. But you've got to give it some context. It's uh, Damian Lillard's injured, uh, yeah. so he wasn't injured. Then I'd, I'd double down on what I said last week. Mm. In fact, I'd be more confident in what I said last week. And I would have fancied the whitewash if Damian Lillard was 100% fit, wasn't injured. He's injured. He's yeah. their only player, ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one-man band, Andy. One-man band. Our Brooklyn Nets fell by the wayside, lad. I know a couple of our punters had, had backed the Nets, but to be honest with you... As I usually do, I'm going to shift the blame here, but I'll put it on to Kevin Duran and Kyrie Irving not turning up. Your reserves have basically been one of the best teams in the bubble. You're in the playoffs. 
Uh, you're against the Toronto Raptors, who were, who were obviously defending champions, but Kawhi, I wouldn't expect them to go all the way. You throw KD and, and Kyrie in the mix there, you've got a chance at a run at 80-1. to 1. So hang on a minute, so, 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 so you're very dismissive of my Blazers shot last week against the Lakers because they're best players injured. You're still a bit dismissive of them. But then on the other hand, you're saying, if Kyrie Irving and Durant were playing, then, then I still would have fancied the chances. The height of hypocrisy, Stephen, you need some more consistency, which is it. Hit the gym and train, do some jumping jacks and sit-ups. Then maybe you can get up. But as for now, the scoreboard gets split up. Take it down the middle and throw it all day. We number one, draft pick WSA. You know what I mean? You know, but the thing is, my whole adult tip on the Nets was we think Kyrie and KD could be back by then. And they should have been back. Both fit enough to be back. Kyrie didn't want to go into the bubble. He's fucking in his own bubble, isn't he, Kyrie Irving? Like, he's on but a... let's be honest, if you were an NBA player, there's no way you're an ultimate germaphobe. You wouldn't be going into that bubble. So you can't criticise him for it. No, you're quite right there, like, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Again, height of hypocrisy, Stephen. You wouldn't have got me anywhere near Thunder Mountain, I don't think. I wouldn't have been going to Disneyland. No chance. Not a chance. But yeah, so so that's one that fell by the wayside. The Miami Heat, lad, are absolutely flying. No Oh, without a doubt, but I still, and I'm not just saying this to be controversial, uh, watching them against the Sixers, I think Celtics look absolute mustard. I think they look a far better team with, with without Kyrie Irving. I think Kemba Walker's an upgrade, not necessarily as a player, but just as a personality around the dressing room. Yeah, and that, yeah. Kyrie Irving's quite divisive. He's not good. He's not good for dressing rooms, Irving. He just no, isn't. not at all. Not at all. And you've got the harmony in there now. You've got Jason Tatum, who... Is absolute mustard, and I think he's he's going to be one of the best players in the NBA over the next next few years. He's still only quite young. Obviously, they've got Brown. You've got a great head coach. They got Kemba Walker, who's brilliant, and he's always he's always overperformed in, in a relatively modest team when he was at the Hornets for many years. And I think now he's showing how good he is. Now he's been given a chance at a bigger team. I don't know. It's, it's at a hundred to one, incredible bet Miami Heat, and they've got as good a chance as any to at least win the East. Well, they're just... I'm not knocking it, but I don't know. I just really like what, what Celtics are about, to be honest with you. Well, but... do you know what, though, Pope? That, that, fill, that, fills, me, that fills me with hope, that, because... <laughs> for, no, no, no. For those who don't know, for those... I'm not being sarcastic there. For those who don't know who aren't into basketball, my Miami Heat, real outsiders, 100-1 at the start of the season. Uh, I think I mentioned them on the first podcast we'd done that it was one of my anti-posts in the, uh, in the fire. They're actually playing the... Can you need that, dog? Can someone grab that dog or shoot it? <laughs> hey! Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of repressed anger coming out there, Just Steve. Just a little bit, yeah. Fucking Chrissy Montesanti's meditation hasn't hasn't lasted long has it only got to Wednesday <laughs> I was going to say just put it down and, and be done with it the but, dog that is not the, not but, the but, but it sounds it sounds from your words there Popey that you are I mean as I say the Miami Heat they rank outsiders before before the season started or big outsiders they're actually playing the number one seed in the East the Milwaukee Bucks who've got the best player Giannis you that sounds to me like you fancy Celtics Heat you fancy you fancy the Bama the Bio can shut down the Greek freak and uh, and maybe the Heat can advance past past the Bucks. 
Yeah, I think so. The Bucks have been the most dominant team in the NBA all season, but they've had the, the, the struggles in the bubble. All right, they've won the last three or four on the bounce, I think, against Orlando Magic. So you'd expect them to be fine in the feet. They've probably got the best player in the game in Giannis, but I don't think they've got much depth beyond that. Obviously, they've got Chris Middleton. I don't know. They've, they've, I wouldn't be getting too carried away with the Bucks because they've just beat Orlando Magic in a, in a series. I think the Pacers posed far more of a threat. Is it is 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 competition than to to obviously the heats than wow. what the uh, the magic did for the books? Only yeah. getting too carried away with them. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Heats and heats and Celtic. To be honest with you, I think they're both on an upward trajectory. Oh. I think as well the Heat lad, they've got they've got a team there potentially for the next four or five seasons. They've got a team. They're youth, they're young players this year. You've got that Tyler Hero. What a name! Oh, by the way. incredible! And he's been a hero, hasn't he? Oh, lad, yeah, quite a poignant name, really. Yeah, mm. he's. He, They've been absolute mustard, to be honest. But what price did you get them for the East? 33 to 1, I think. Great shout in itself, you know, lad. Yeah. So you are anyway. So even obviously you want to land the 100 to 1 and you can lay a bit off. I get that. But yeah. so just for them to win the East, you're getting 33 to 1 in it, win it anyway. And what yeah. the two playoff series away from, from doing that. So That's it. We're close, lad. We're close. In the other series, is your six, um, 76ers crashed out. Uh, Stephen A. Smith's tip to win it all. As per usual, he's fucking well off. He's, he's a great, he's a great commentator, great personality. I, I hope he doesn't go to Vegas very often. It's not the case, but I definitely have the Sixers coming out of the East. I think Milwaukee's compromised. I think Brogdon's a huge loss, even though I think they'll be formidable during the regular season. And I think the only relevant team is Toronto, and I won't completely underestimate Miami, who's got some athletes with Jimmy Butler there, but I'm certainly not going to give them the edge over Philadelphia or Milwaukee. I'm going to say it's Philadelphia coming out of the East. I'm taking Philly. His predictions are oh, fucking all. In all fairness, that was your immediate resource when I mentioned that I'd, I'd fancied and subsequently backed 76. I did say East. that to you, Paul, didn't I? You said no chance, yeah, purely on the basis that Stephen A. Smith had put them up as well. Uh, you don't think he'd ever, ever had a winning bet? No, no. Despite, no. Him, despite him being the most successful uh, sports pundit in American sports, yeah. he's never had a winning selection or a winning bet. So that's a bit of an oxymoron, really, isn't mm. it? Does that work? Decent punter, poor, poor punter, by the sound of things. And then the other series, the, the one series where we're head to head, lad, uh, I'm on the Clippers, aren't I, for the West, in a double with Tiger Woods for the Masters. You are on the Dallas Mavericks. Bit of a blowout last night, Pope. You don't know if you caught the highlights this morning. Of course, yeah. First thing I watched this morning when I got up, yeah. So it was a blowout, but you're asking a lot from Doncic there without Paul Zingas so the Dallas yeah. Mavericks obviously got two all-star players and Luka Doncic who potentially could be a generational player he looks absolute muscle oh, by the way oh god god that honestly he, he, I, I, had, I had a little dabble on the Clippers in running when they were getting beat uh, on Sunday night got 11 a little eight. dabble or a decent dabble yeah a couple of hundred quid a few hundred quid yeah and, 11. and he just broke your heart oh he broke my heart yeah overtime on the buzzer three pointer from the fucking car park of Disneyland <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous shot, lad. Shot of the year, isn't it, so far? Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! Let's go! So his stat line, basically, in the playoffs, it, it was like he had 41 points, 17 rebounds, 13 assists. Apparently, I've, I haven't listened to Dan Lebertard on Monday, that stat line has only ever been achieved by two of the players in basketball history. One's Oscar Robertson, 
which uh, a lot of people won't know, but more for the purists. I think he was from like the 60s or so. And then uh, Charles Barkley, people might be a bit more familiar with. They're the only two players who have achieved that, believe it or not, in the playoff game. Shaq hasn't, Kobe hasn't, no. Michael Jordan hasn't, LeBron James hasn't. And he's 21 and achieved that against probably, probably the best get, the best team in the NBA. That's in his resume. What a performance by Luca and the Mavericks. Mama, there goes that man. I think I've stacked the benches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, who's the main man, turns around in the playoffs. Paul George has obviously been underperforming, but he turned up last night. So he's done it against the best team in the NBA. He's done it on one leg. He's got a terrible high ankle sprain. Oh, he's, he's fucked, on- yeah. He shouldn't even be playing. You see how he hopped out of game... Was it game three, Pope, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, shocking, yeah. Yeah. And then he's he's done that at the age of 21. So I, I was I was gutted. I, I put the highlights on this morning, the extended highlights on YouTube. And obviously, it starts with the team selections, the team lineups. Mm. And I see Zingas wasn't playing, and I was devastated. I think if Paul Zingas plays, it's a different game. And I think, regardless of whether he's 100% or not, I think Paul Zingas starts game six. Obviously, it's a must win now. I'm amazed, Don. I'm amazed, Don. Could you play it honestly? He, he climbed out of that game free. He looked like me climbing out of the canal the other week, didn't he? He was. <laughs> For him to play as many minutes as he did, to play overtime and then to play again last night, is is they really are they are really are riding them, aren't they? But as you say, it's 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 the, the Baluka whale, as um, yeah. as uh, Stugatz calls him. Obviously, yeah. his name and Luka Doncic. Yeah. But um, I tell you what, mate, the Clippers. I know you've got to be. You need a little bit of nastiness to win, but they're a horrible team. Are really bad. Like there's been so many stories in the bubble. He was slighting Damian Lillard during his free throws, which I like to say. I love that. It's, it's all non-unethical. You can call it gamesmanship. You've got the... I think it was, was it Montrez Harold was, was called Luka Doncic, I think, in game three. A bitch-ass white boy. Obviously, it's love it. It's like, it, it's like Ice Cube's LA, isn't it? They've gone full NWA, haven't they? Gone gangster, haven't they? Yeah, and then last night you've got Marquis Morris, I think, stamping on uh, Luka Doncic's injured ankle. Just blatant stamp on it. Uh, They're not fucking about. They want that championship. Imagine Kawhi gets another championship at a different team. Fucking outrageous, won't it? They have gone gangster, like, haven't they? They have gone gangster. But but no, massively, yeah, I've absolutely loved the NBA playoffs. And I'm thinking... I'll um, obviously if if the Mavs do go to the Clippers, then I'll uh, I'll have some some further financial interest elsewhere. I'll have to look at the prices. Yeah, but, you'll reload. Yeah, I'm sorry, do head to head with you with the Celtics alone. I'll get too, too big of a price with them. Who are they be playing? The Celtics are playing the Raptors, aren't they, lad? <gasps> Raptors look good, you know. I know lad? they do. They look great since they come back. Raptors, Raptors Heat was what the, I think the second game back in the bubble. Both teams looked incredible. It was like I couldn't believe what I was seeing on the second game back. Because all we heard was it's gonna. It could take months. It could take two months for them to get up to full speed. It's it looked like playoff uh, basketball since since they've come back. Oh, well, it is like the skill set, obviously, and just the intensity. And you see a brilliant lad. The errors are, are, are being kept to a minimum, aren't they? With the, the top, top mm. teams, there's not many turnovers. No. Really, really impressive. Looking forward to uh, to feasting on it for the next uh, next few weeks. Anyway, yeah. Until it's-
The only thing rivaling it really for me, sport wise and watch wise and bet wise, is the golf at the moment. The golf's right up there as well. Yeah, Chapman only, yeah. See Dustin, Dustin Johnson. You gotta edit that bit out, Steve, because it's non PC. <laughs> what is it, gentlemen only, ladies forbidden? It is, mate, yeah, to give it its full, full title, yeah. Says it all, I'm doesn't it? So in my eyes, woo! Oh, fucking gang, gang won't like that. <laughs> Absolute pioneer. The Rosa Parks of golf. If she's got any oversized women's visors for me to uh, to lend for next year. Look like Tiger's Ma at our Ryder Cup. I've got to protect this hairline, haven't I? I might have to switch to uh, women's visors. See if she's got any knocking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, Dusty Johnson, impressive. 30 under. Fucking hell, were they playing Alan Nine all over? <laughs> Almost as impressive as his uh, facial hair. I've always been a fan of his oh, beard. Oh, don't. Oh, my God. That, that chin line beard that he draws in. Oh, Pope, don't. Oh, brilliant. Aren't it? Well, just, just look at his beard. It's obviously working for him. Paulina Gretzky. Gretzky's so, daughter, isn't it? Wayne Gretzky, so she's obviously a fan of it. There's probably many, many women and men around the world are, me being one of them. I mean, that's an incredible, incredible score, that 30 under over the golf zone. He was 22 under after fucking three rounds. Dressed in the county blues Cause I'm the type of nigga that's built to last If you fuck with me, I put my foot in your ass I don't give a fuck cause I keep bellin', bellin'. Yo, what the fuck are they yelling? Wait a minute, wait a minute, cut this shit Man, what no, the It's the FedEx Yeah, oh I, yeah So it's good at talking like one of the uh, It is one of the marquee events Few few sorts of things to take from it I think it was the Friday And Scotty Scheffler And shot a 59 um, wow, did he, yeah. So, uh, this just, this 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 sort of sums up Dustin Johnson for me as a, as an absolute showgirl. Jimmy Lee, actually, in fact, we, we played golf ourselves on uh, on Friday, played Alan. We went into the 19th, that is Fletcher's Bar, fantastic setup, by the way. Great, yeah. We only watching the golf, and it was, uh, it was the European tour, which I'll come on to in a minute, but it was sort of segueing over to the uh, to the PJ as well. It flashed up that Scotty Sheffield had shot a 59, only like the 10th person in PJ history who had done so on that same day it's a par 71 Dustin Johnson was 11 under through 11 holes on the Friday still didn't break 60 (laughs) yeah he started to see all sorts of crazy records in his head there and and bottled it as neat down the back that's the bigger headline for me coming out of that week more so than the 30 under more so than the, the demolition job he's done he's 11 under through 11 holes he's on course to do what 56, 57 oh. and he hasn't broke 60 he's parred in from the 12th basically yeah it's a bit mad isn't it yeah you'd expect him to it tells you on. everything you need to know about Dustin Johnson it was actually Jimmy Lee who said for him Dustin Johnson rounds 1 to 3 is the greatest player of all time but round 4 is the worst player of all time I, I don't get the criticism of Dustin you know honestly just look at his record mates He's been in prime position. He's been lead, got leading, going into many, many big tournaments, including several majors. Yeah. You don't get the criticism. You backed him this year in the US Open. You laid him. No, US I laid him. Yeah. Oh, aye. You'd obviously buy into it, buy into the theory I that he's a chump job in the final round. I didn't fancy him to win that to win that major with, with that field packed behind him yet, yeah, definitely. He's hardly Tiger Woods on a Sunday, but I think he's won, I think he's won had the most tour wins over the last five years. He's gone eight under there on Sunday night with the lead. You know what? Well, I was just going to say, so does that does that put that theory to bed or not? Because for me, I think he needs to prove it leading into a, into a major. 
to, to, to completely put that, that one to bed. I had him in a WWGC last year. I think was it Mexico? And he put um, he won a right few quid for me. I was actually on him and Rory with me two picks, and he were head to head. That was the final two ball, and he really put Rory to the sword on the last day. But then again, Rory can have uh, can have last day blues, can he? At the at the moment, Rory, by the way, he's an absolute disgrace, isn't he? he? Gets too loved up, gets a bird, gets too loved up, and then his head falls off. He can't find the balance between having a bird and playing golf, which I, is incredible. Really, I think he's. And of course, that was Rory McIlroy. I think he's the Ronnie O'Sullivan of golf without the uh, without the personality, isn't he? Really, I don't think he's massive on it. I think he likes playing footy with his mates, and he doesn't really doesn't practice as much, nearly half as much as as the other tour players. So, oh, can you imagine Bryson DeChambeau? Yeah, he probably practices 13, 14 hours a day. I wouldn't be surprised if DeChambeau lives on the driving range. Really, uh, we got a little cabin in the, on the driving range, Winnebago. Has to be a fucking big one, wouldn't it? <laughs> To house him. To house that Possibly. You, you mentioned Tiger Woods there. So we were having a chewing the fat in Fletcher's after golf on Friday. Yeah. And I've mentioned to the lads that um, Tiger Woods had won, won a good few tournaments on the European Tour. And they were like, no, as if. And I thought he'd won like about 12 European Tour events. Yeah. Obviously, he won 82, 83 PGA Tour events, the winning most golfer in PGA Tour history. The ghost. <laughs> So, so we looked into it further, got, his, got on his wiki page. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many he's won on the European Tour? I don't, you know, no. 41 European Tour events. Fucking hell. Wow. He, he didn't play on the European Tour that much, like. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. He must have, like, a 67% strike rate. I was going to so say, he, has he got a ratio? I was going to say, has he got a, like, uh, how many appearances? Mark, no, in all fairness, Mark reckons he looked into it. He's played an 100 and... 20, so 33% straight rate, which is incredible. Oh, that's outrageous. Oh, 41 out of 100, now that's outrageous for golf. Had eight single putts on the back nine, Tiger Woods. 23 for the day. Is this going to be 24 for the round? Got a chance. Got a chance. Oh, my word. How did he keep doing it? It's a birdie for Tiger, he's home in 31. A 65, 65 for bookends, really open with a 65. And he's closed with a 65. And he's set the target, 14 under. So, to give it a bit of context, so he's, he's third on the all-time European tour list. What, like money earned? No, most wins, winning most on the European tour. Are you kidding me? You know what we you know what we got talking about it? We watching Sky Sports golf and coverage, which is fucking apart from Bruce Critchley. Oh. Uh, no, 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 sorry, apart from you, McGregor is, is absolute gold. It's probably the best for me, best broadcaster, best best sport commentator. He's definitely in the conversation. I think he's absolutely he's brilliant, yeah. McGregor, mate, it's weak. They've lost obviously Butch, they've lost Colin Montgomery. So anyway, Coltart was on saying his piece, and it, it come up two European tour wins. So we were laughing like buzzing off him saying, fucking hell. Does he know two European so mm. And then I don't think Tigers won more than him. And then anyway, it transpired that he won 41. So I had the list up and I'm asking everyone like who's won more than, 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 than Woods. Colin Montgomery was getting banded about. So Colin Montgomery has won eight European tour of... What is it? Eight European tour of merits. Yeah. So he's finished for the, the money list in the European tour yeah. on eight occasions during his career. And he's celebrated because of it. He's never won a major. No. Which is always my gripe with Colin Montgomery. Because he's won eight European tour of merits... Brilliant, yeah, what a career he's had. 
he's had 30 European Tour wins, 11 less than Tiger Woods, and he's probably played 10 times more tournaments. He's an absolute compiler, Colin Montgomery. He's won, he's won eight Order of Merits, which is like the most points on the season, because he's yeah. been there at every game. Yeah. A, a pitch and put, nine hole in, uh, in Austria at the start of the week that might get you some points. He's there, Colin. Any excuse to yeah, get out the house. That's so embarrassing for him. He's won eight times on the European Tour post. No, he's won 30. He's oh, won he's won 30. But he's won 30 after investing his whole life and career to the European Tour. He's probably played 10 times as many tournaments as Woods, yet he's won 11 less tournaments. And he's celebrated as one of Europe's greatest it's ever golfers. It's shite. 30 is shite compared to Tigers 41. I hate the European Tour. I hate European golfers. I support America in the Ryder Cup every year. I've got absolutely no interest in them. Well, just just talking about Colin Montgomery and, and going back to our, uh, our mate Robbie Williams from earlier on. I remember, do you remember when he got bin bag Monty? So his bird jibbed him and that, and obviously he went through a bit of a midlife crisis. I remember the British Open or something, and Robbie Williams was playing locally, and he was speaking to him on the Friday morning, and um, he was speaking to him. And he was like, "Well, uh, went to see Robbie Williams last night. Uh, one has got to live." A little after all, and he's just there, and I was just looking at him in utter disgust. And I think from that point, that, that's where the hatred started, really. Maybe it was Monty over the desk if he's living a little. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire spread eagle. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! Kex... I'm never gonna look that face. Oh, that that vivid image of me. Oh my god! Kexta, oh, bra still on, keeping his teeth in. <laughs> his, his big rusty sheriff's badge out, yeah. <laughs> oh, all I do each night is pray. Oh wow, Monty with his big chocolate starfish out over the desk, wow. Relight Monty's fire, oh goodness me. <laughs> oh, your love is my only desire. Oh wow. Oh. One has got to live. <laughs> All we do tonight is pray that we'll get that fucking image out of our heads sometime soon. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's hilarious, that. Wow, didn't oh. expect... No, Robbie Williams, I don't know where he's come from here today, but... I'm ready to play them tonight, and I, am, I get so annoyed is, is the wrong... Well, because I do, I do get annoyed, whereby when people aren't ready when it's their turn to play, few players I can mention that I won't, but they know who they are, we know who they are, the tour know who they are, they are not ready when it's their turn. Mocking out. Should we, uh, should we? No, European tour, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> it's got to go, Steve, it's got to go. <laughs> Rock, who's an ever-presence on the leaderboard? I know, Robert Rock, did you say? Robert Rock. I know, he's a... Great head of air, though, him, Robert Rock. Pompous cunt. Doesn't, no, I don't know. He, doesn't wear a cap, does he? Showing off them, uh, that bowlhead. Robert Rock bottom, more like. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's that's the biggest warning sign of all. As soon as the European saw, sees Robert Rock constantly on the leaderboard. 
then uh, I think they just got to jib it off. You know, you don't really get the, you don't even get the American players coming over no. even more. I know you got the Dubai events and you get a few of them showing up for that. But yeah, I think Robert Rock really, yeah, I think the warning signs are there. I think he'd be more a home drinking a, a schooner in Lassiter's <laughs> as a neighbour's extra than he would be on the uh, gracing the fairways of the European So uh, I don't give it a minute, lad. I used to sometimes do a little each way double. Going on to my American picks, but I just Shite. I've just got Shite. no time for it. I've got no time for the coverage. I've got no time. I've got no time for it at all. I've got no time for the players. Um, you just got Woods, haven't you? Got the goal who just turns up if he wants, when he wants, and gets the W. What's that? Forty-one wins. Wow. You've got all these fucking <sighs> actual pup assistants just fucking grinding out in the Estonian Masters, trying to keep the card and getting fucking a couple of wins in the career and. It's all very tedious for me. It's fucking, yeah, it's not something I'll be tuning into again anytime soon. Well, let's have a look. Let's uh, let's cumbersomely segue into the FedEx this week, the BMW Championship, tip of the week, Soho tip of the week, of course, brought to us by our, by our mates, the Soho Juice Co. Bundy loves them, by the way, lad. I took, I took a load up for the boxing because we hadn't planned on drinking, or certainly we I had a few cans post-fight, but uh, I left a few in his fridge. Celebratory uh, cans, yeah. Oh, Pavekin. yeah. Pavekin, yeah, Pavekin tipples we had. But the Soho went down the street, left a few in Bundy's fridge, and he was in raptures the next day, genuinely. He was like, fucking hell. It's like medicine for me hangover, this. Lovely. <laughs> Was he having it as a mixer, like, or was he just having it straight out? No, the I had it straight on the uh, on the honey one. Yeah, he was getting stuck in, loved it. Absolute uh, great tipple for his for his crust delivery. So they got themselves a new customer there, are eh? you? With the thoughts, it Teddy Bundy, I think so. Someone. I left a good batch there with him, like, yeah. So I'm sure he's uh, he's got stuck in this week. But let's stay on golf, lad. It's the penultimate FedEx playoff leg, so we're down to a field of seventy this week. And then it reduces to 30, doesn't it, for the Tour Championship next week to decide who wins the 10 million. Does, yeah. For the what is it, 10 million? 10 million, lad, yeah. I'm actually going to stick. I'm going to back someone outright, lad, before the tournament. I know I've been doing in running, and I backed Victor Hovland in running this week. I don't know if you've seen his, his Sunday first front nine, lad. He, I think he was nine under through eight holes. Impolded, yeah, didn't break on 60. the front nine. He finished 12 under, lad, but he was fucking 15 under at one point after. He'd gone from 7 under to, like, 15, 16 under. He was knocking on the places. He was fourth at one point <laughs> and, then, uh, and then fell away. But I'm going to stick with him. I think he's 28th in the FedEx ratings. So I think him being 33 to 1 is a bit of value there, just on statistics and... And the price compared to his compared to his his ranking, uh, seven places with Boyle. I'm also going to back him first round leader with eight 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 six places. That's forty to one. So yeah, a little go each way on Victor Hovland. I think lad for the FedEx. I'll inevitably go be going back in probably at the halfway stage when the, uh, the Norwegians perishing down the leaderboard at half time. So. Yeah, yeah, Vic, Vic, Victor Hovland, the fucking European Tour fame. Yeah, mm. you're not. To my uh, disdain of the European tour, right? Well, he's playing over there now, lad. I think exclusively. So if you're half decent, why wouldn't you? Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna stay in fucking backyards in Switzerland, are you? If you can, if you can get over on the American tour, and as I say, ten. That's what I mean, yeah, you're not gonna fucking stay in a fucking beefy tour, are you? And fucking 
talent in Estonia when you can just fucking live the high life in America if you're any good, like? No, exactly. Ten, uh, 10 million, as I say, up for grabs. Not this weekend, but you try and get into the into the top 30 for, for next week for the Tour Championship. So, uh, will you be having a look at the golf yourself, lad? I will indeed, Steve. And then that brings me on to my tip of the Whoa. week. Sounds head to head here on the uh, the BMW. Go on, you couldn't you? Go on, lad. Who have you got lined up? I'm taking the approach more so than taking a golfer who's in form, although this golfer is is in form as well. I'm taking more of the uh, horses for courses approach. Okay. And I'm a golfer who has had three top eights at the BMW Championships mm. in the last three seasons. It's not Matayama, is it? Oh, you're joking, are you? Come on. Hideki. And that golfer goes by the name of Tony Fina. Okay. Big T. So Big T, he's, he's by no means a serial winner. I suppose you could argue the Andrew Kulsas of the uh, PGA Tour. He's a serial choker. Like It's quite ironic that, you, that you've laced Dustin Johnson's failure to get over the line and, and, and last day exploits, but you, you're going to go with Tony Fino, who's had, uh, I think he's had one PGA Tour win, hasn't he, in Puerto Rico? Half, half, well, half, yeah, well, yeah, pre-season yeah, yeah. tournaments. Well, Mimi, uh, don't, don't forget the love of, of, uh, of I've got for... Uh, Dustin's beard game, like, do you know what I mean? First okay, and yeah. foremost. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, just second to that is is obviously his tendency to, to choke on the uh, in the final round. So, yeah, no, it's a little bit, a bit of a contradictory statement to get that, but, or contradictory selection, rather. But, yeah, I just think he had a good US Open recently. So, he's, he's, he's got his eye on. He's, he's in a little bit of form. He clearly likes uh, this particular tournament, likes the course, three top eights in the last three seasons. He's not a serial winner, like you just touched on. He's only ever won once in the PGA Tour, and he's 30 now as well, so he really needs to, to do something about that. Although, he's not a serial winner. He is consistent. Oh, he's uh, always up there, Poppy. He's a great... He's a, he's a serial yeah. placer, I he's think. A, yeah, he is. He's a great each-way shot, isn't he? I think you'll get run for your money, and I know you're going boil sports, but Sky Bet, I've got 33-1 to 1 as well. How many places, Seven. Pope? Well, mate. Seven places as well with with Skybet. Seven places, yeah. Skybet seven places, yeah. And thirty three to one. So we're both putting up thirty three to one selection. Seven places here. Should we have a little sideways? I was going to say. I was going to say twenty quid head to head. Hovland v Finau, who finishes above who? Sounds good to me. Oh. Virtual handshake. Yeah, yeah virtual handshake. Fantastic. Lad, Loving yeah. this. I'm really looking night. forward to it, lad. I'm looking forward to a, a Sunday watch. We, yeah, we'll, we'll maybe. Get the text on the go if we're, if we're both in the in the running Sunday. Me, you, and Faldo bunkered down for the uh, for a Sunday watch. Have you seen he's he's getting uh, he's getting married for the uh, combined with his new wife to be for the eleventh time? What do you mean he's getting married again? Is he? No. What do you mean eleventh time? Yeah, he's got a new beard, and he I think she's a former lap dancer. So this will be her seventh marriage, and Faldo's fourth. So combined, <laughs> this will be their eleventh marriage. Wow. Almost double uh, the amount of major wins he had, which is uh, which is quite a feat, really, isn't it? <laughs> so it sounds like someone she's 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 want to hang your hat on, like monogamous wise. Fucking hell, eleven. She's had no, seven marriages. No one. I think it's very much going to be a, a polygamous marriage with uh, with with Faldo, as as often tends to be the case. I think he uh, he thinks with his dick, really, doesn't he? And I think he uh, yeah, any any hole is quite literally a goal. Either on or off the uh, the golf course with Faldo. <laughs> he must be fucking skint, lad. What's, how many has he had? Set, four managers, Faldo? Mo and the, fourth, yeah. Between the Alamo and, and the divorce settlements, lad. No, no, no wonder he's crying on every broadcast he's on, which is every week. 
<laughs> Former stripper, Lindsay DeMarco, yeah, who has a criminal record for drugs. Oh, this is and, incredible. And I've picked them, mate, and six ex-husbands, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's... That could be what Faldo needs. He might have quite literally met as much, yeah. Yeah. He's obviously misogynist. I think it'll very much be a 1950s household set up with her. I think he'll have her cooking the tea every night in a high heels and an apron. Yeah, sounds good. With him all over again, really, doesn't it? I think you were just on and nothing but a, a, an apron. And with him brie, if me, uh, me memory serves me right at one point. Yeah, I think so. It's it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, that is absolutely in- incredible. I reckon he skins. It wouldn't surprise me if Fanny... His fucking old caddy's got a got a greater net worth than Nick. I bet she's got more left of a ten percent earnings than he has of his uh, of his of his majors pots. Well, that's where it all started. The uh, the misogyny, really, didn't it? The uh, the hating of of of, of women, the, the, the seeing them as, uh, as 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 just a piece of meat, really. When he had Fanny on the bag, yeah, I'm, I'm convinced as well. I've, I've, uh, there's a vicious rumor going about that's not actually a name, and he had to change a name through Depot. Just to degrade it even further. Just because he wanted Fanny on the bag, yeah. He always wanted to be around Fanny. Jesus, that's... Exactly that, yeah. That's Faldo summed up. Because he could ultimately, yeah. So, uh, quite a complex character, Faldo. I still haven't found the footage of him outside of uh, Sevi at the church and Sevi's funeral, where he's an absolute mess. As I say, the one that you posted... It's not quite on, it, is it? Uh, coverage is pales in comparison, really. It's fucking... He's, he's, he, he, he's, he's paid a few quid for that to go missing, trust me. They've like gone into a black hole almost. Maybe where that's maybe that's where his, his finances have gone. He must be skint, lad. He must be skint. I know obviously golfers make great money, especially especially successful ones, but four managers is it's no picnic that, you know, financially. And I fortunately had an amazing Friday because I cut my finger, everything went wrong early in the week, and I couldn't grip the club, and I'm thinking, what it, you know, why? What has happened here? Had a lousy, lousy day on Thursday. You know, you, I couldn't, I couldn't grip the club. I couldn't strike. I, hit, I was hitting wedges, fat and thin. And then the next morning, we went out. Didn't really want to play and what have you. My boy he was great. He said, he said, "We just go for a walk, Dad." And off we went. Chokes me up. <laughs> just go, Dad. No, exactly, yeah. And she's just going through them anyway. She's on the, obviously, the opposite end. Just uh, raking it in, really, from her from six ex-husbands. And no doubt that'll be her plans for, uh, for our nasty Nick, eh? Should we have an over-under bet on that as well, Popey Al, on the uh, the marriage last hour? What would you set it at month-wise, over-under? Five minutes. Five minutes, so you're going in minutes rather than... I'd go three and a half months. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it's definitely not, neither of them in it, in it for the, the long haul, I wouldn't have thought. He's just, yeah, obviously Nick's got his vices and he uh, he sees this, uh, this this lovely Lindsay DeMarco as a way of, uh, yeah, feeding those those vices really and I think she's just in it for a payday ultimately. I think so, I think Nick's looking to knock in a few eagles, isn't he? And uh, she's looking to get off with the pace. I definitely think that uh, that, <clears throat> that footage of him Sobbing, absolute blubbering mess outside of uh, Sevy's Sevy's funeral's gone missing along with that CCTV footage of uh, Robbie Williams spread eagle and Monty over the uh, over the desk at that, that party in the Hollywood Mansion. I think they're in the same black hole. <sighs> Outrageous. Before we get out of it, I should probably mention as well that seeing as we're talking about tip of the week, 
let's, let's throw this down as tip of the week as well. I, I, I'll just casually throw in that I will be having a five-figure <laughs> bet on Liverpool to win the league this week. Well, it's funny you should say that because I was going to say that I'd just seen a bit late to the party. I, I missed the news last night and I've just seen it this morning. Prior to what's going on, that Messi has told Barca that he wants to leave. So that got me thinking, is him going to Man City the only thing that can stop Liverpool next season? I won't be too concerned about that. Man. I think that they will probably go all out to get him, but I'll take some time to bed in and whatnot. I'd imagine he's 33. He's still tremendous, by the way. His stats last year were, were off the Richter scale. I fancy us, lad. We've actually drifted a bit, so maybe on that messy news, I don't know. You can get two to one for us, which is just... You can't be two to one. We're two to one, lad. Right, Popey. And do you know what I was comparing... I was comparing... That is, that's offensive, lad. I get that. We're benefiting from it as punters. I understand that. But it's still offensive, lad. It's offensive, yeah. I, I, I might be looking through rose-tinted glasses here, but I don't put us too far off the level of, of Bayern Munich. Domestically and in Europe over the last two years, we've been very similar yeah. to Bayern Munich. Yeah. In Europe included, apart from a free goalie performance against Atletico, we were doing what, what Bayern were doing, really. They're one to five for the Bundesliga next year. We're two to one for the league. I know it's more competitive, the Premier League, but I find I find City could be weaker this year than they were last year. And I think there's improvements in us. I know we had a crazy points total. I think we can we can put teams away a little bit better this year. So yeah, let's throw that into a, a long term anti post tip of the week as well. Liverpool to win the league. As I say, won't go into too specific, too much specifics, but it's it's going to be. A, I'm hitting the savings account for it, lad. It's going to be. I was going to say, I think you're already at five figures. Wow. Okay. Yeah, five figures long pond Liverpool. Not working, not working pays well, eh? <laughs> Gambling can be an, uh, can be lucrative, lad, as you know. Made a few quid off them last year. It's time to uh, time to reinvest. Not saying you're not saying you're a drug dealer, like, but you're certainly a money launderer, aren't you? <laughs> I'm certainly, certainly not, lad. All my money's legit, legit and in the bank. And uh, I think I might have to turn Jimmy Lee on you. We're going to need him for the for the for the Spanish slander. The Spanish FA, Mike Skinner. Who else? Who else is after us? Going to do me for slander? Bayern Munich, is it? By, well, we we we, we took everyone the cleaners really. Monty, yeah. Robbie no, Williams. Monty's legal team, Robbie Williams. Yeah, yeah everyone can yeah. see some cease and desist coming our way. I thought we'd get through an episode without talking about Mike, Mike Skinner. Don't know if we'd been um, some of our listeners' heads out who, who aren't into the streets, but uh, yeah, well, well, yeah, that's a little bit overkill potentially. But we'll just go back to the old format from this episode on. Well, just to finish though, we've got to mention we finally. We finally booked our Amsterdam weekender. We're going to watch the uh, the great man next year, aren't we? And and the streets. COVID well, there's a caveat to that. We've obviously booked the tickets. We put it out there to all of our listeners. Yeah. To anyone who feels as though they've missed out, we've put it out there. We told you to get in touch. Those who have been interested, who, are, who have shown an interest, have got in touch. So I think there's about six of us who've booked tickets. Yeah. Still an open invite in terms of anyone who wants to get on, maybe anyone who's sort of got concerns about sort of COVID affected travel I want to leave it closer to the time it's the end of April quite understandably so as us we're, we're going to leave it till till next year see how the uh, the travel landscape plays out and, and we'll book our flights and hotel near at the time but we've certainly booked our uh, our passes our street passes slash tickets for uh, for next April bit of a struggle and, and and if I don't know whether it's actually confirmed yet we're waiting on one more person to book it yeah. as a group 
And yeah. that one person is probably the most unreliable uh, human being I've ever met, and, and John Certain, your brother, Al Pedlitz. Has yeah. he actually booked yet or not? He said he's going to do it today, so I'll get on him right after this and make sure he books. Yeah, it was a little bit of a tough process, wasn't it, doing the group booking? But I did speak to the guy, Elliot, at Pollen, who are arranging the packages. <clears throat> he said he's down to a few... Because we've just booked festival tickets, haven't we? They are doing packages with hotels and... And uh, various other. Fuck that. Yeah, no, let's just leave it near at the time. See what no, is. definitely. But I'm saying for any of the listeners, they, they are getting lower thing on party bands. Anyone who wants to go. But they would do us a discounted group booking as well. He said, I mentioned the podcast to him and said, look, we're going to try and take some podcast listeners over. So it's the 30th of April till I think the 3rd of May. I think it's three nights, isn't it? Free night in Amsterdam. It's Mike's gonna take over, curating a little festival. Uh, there's a street gig. They're taking over coffee shops, clubs, parties, yeah. after parties, DJs. Yeah, if you want to get involved, we're actually <laughs> very gonna... much living our youth, Stephen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna put on our classics and uh, and have a little dance, aren't we? I think over there, Popey. So what um what do you reckon the street sort of demographic is? So what 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 type do you reckon you could have all sorts turning up for it? Yeah. What do you reckon mixed well, bag? People of a similar age and era as as to us or, or what yeah, really? Yeah, possibly. Uh, his new album's got a load of a uh, younger rap and grime artists on, so I don't know if he'll pick up a little bit of um, new youth. But he used to yeah, a bit of youth, a bit of the youth. He's obviously got Tamer. <laughs> yeah, come on now, lad. I think it'll be quite peaceful out there once everyone's had a little smoke and a little a little disco brownie. I think I think things will be... Yeah, looking forward to it, Stephen. Things will be cool out there, yeah. So any of the listeners want to get involved, check out Mike Skinner's Instagram and the links there. You can just... You, and for now, you only have to pay 30 quid deposit for the festival band. I think it's 120, 39 quid or something all for the... Uh, for the festival tickets, and you can pay that in instalments. I think it's twenty one quid a month until the uh, until the date. So yeah, get stuck in. Brilliant. Okay, sounds good to me. All right, Popey. See how our golf picks go, eh? Why not? Okay, take it easy, my friend, and I'll be catching up with you soon. All right, Popey. Take it easy, lad. See you next week. Amsterdam ain't a nice place off your face. But if you're with me, it can be. I'm sorry about the driving tour. It was irresponsible. So instead, we're having a weekend party here. Coffee shop takeovers, a boat party, all my favorite DJs, and of course, a streets concert. Oh, watch me as I go.